Welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Jeffrey Klein has conversations with a diverse array of successful people, sharing their stories to educate, inspire, and entertain. Here is your host, Jeffrey. My guest today is Niels Dunker, a professional comedy juggler who first thought of becoming a successful international performer when he was only 12 years old. And well before the end of his teenage years, his dream had become a reality. Niels has set nine Guinness World Records in juggling and was voted Juggler of the Decade by the International Magician Society. He also received the Award of Excellence from the Museum of Juggling History. Modestly beginning his career in Rotterdam's youth circus, Niels now spends time jetting between high-profile engagements at theaters, casinos, cruise ships, theme parks, and corporate events. But more than just a pretty face with a bag full of cool tricks, in the spring of 2009, Niels completed his coursework for his bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from the Delft University of Technology in the Netherlands, another dream turned reality. Sharing his love of the arts with the performers of Tomorrow, Niels regularly lectures as a guest artist at two government-funded professional circus schools in the Netherlands, Codart Circus School in Rotterdam and the Fontys Circus School in Tilburg. He also serves as a board member with the International Jugglers Association, and he's the president of the International Sport Juggling Federation, which is the governing body for the sport of juggling. Welcome, Niels. Thanks for having me. Uh, so much to get into, and uh, I, I start at the beginning. So can you tell us, please, where you were born and what your parents did for a living? Yeah, so I'm from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, and my dad uh, taught mathematics. And my mom taught Dutch language at uh, some university. So a bunch of dumb people you have in your family, clearly. And you with a mechanical engineering degree. Yeah, my sister's older. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> so growing up with kind of very, you know, accomplished uh, parents, when you were a little kid, you know, eight, nine years old, what did you think you wanted before you got into juggling? Was there something you're like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be, what would you have said? Uh, I wanted to be a carpenter because my grandfather was one. And I thought it was the coolest thing because you actually make something and you see it. And uh, yeah, I, I really like that. The same now in shows, you do something, you see the smile on people's faces, you see the end result very clearly. So I like that aspect. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, when you, I have a, a good friend who's a magician and I think he's described it the same when you can impact an audience and you see the response you get, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, so was there... When you started to get into juggling, was there a role model who you looked up to and said, oh, wait, there's I can actually do this for a living that you thought? It might oh, be yeah, the guy that was running the juggling club in Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. So he was doing local gigs, but he was so happy. He was like the happiest guy I knew. And he was like, oh, I can sleep in whenever I want. And then I do the show and then I make people happy. And I was like, oh, that's, that sounds pretty cool. And then uh, and it's like, OK, if I just practice as hard as he does, I think I can get the same results. But then I started practicing harder. I did more marketing. And then, yeah, I kind of quote unquote upgraded my role models to people with even more impressive feats. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the, the art of storytelling. And so I'm curious when you're growing up, if there's anyone who you thought was a particularly good storyteller? Well, I liked my, my mom did always bedtime stories. So she uh, like the Greek mythology and stuff. And she was just reading those kind of stories. It was always really cool. Oh, and was there anything in particular about the way that she told the stories that kind of were with the stories she selected that you thought were really uh, well, I think, engaging? Uh, just like uh, the King Arthur and the Greek mythology, like it's 
hard to mess those up because the stories are so strong. And then she, yeah, it was reading them in an engaging way too. Uh, Niels, what was your first paying job? Was it juggling or did you do anything else? Um, that's a good question because I know like my first juggling job that I did, I was just like practicing for fun at the local playgrounds. And then somebody was throwing a barbecue like a couple streets over and said, like, hey, we need some entertainment. Can you do it? And that went very well. I just did this show, like maybe 20 minutes or so. And that went very well. So I don't know if I, I mean, that was like my first job, like outside of maybe your, your parents, like, hey, if you clean up this thing, we'll give you five bucks. Yes, I'm, I have children who I try and motivate to do things like that. It doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, so you've traveled a lot. And I'm curious, like, in all the places you've been or all the people you've met, you know, what's kind of the most surprising place that as, as a younger person, you'd be like, I can't believe I'm either in this place or talking to this person. What would you say that is? Well, how's it uh, recently was so cool. Like uh, Albert Lucas, he is the only jugger in the world that has done 14 rings. And to put it in perspective, 12 rings, more people have been on the surface of the moon than have juggled 12 rings. And 10 rings is always so rare too. Like it's, you can kind of compare that with the, the four minute mile mark in running. So he's he did 14 and I saw him when I started juggling, when I just, just started when I was 12 in the Guinness Book of Records, he has an entire page with all his world records. And I was in the Netherlands, he's in the United States. And now at the place where he set all those world records, like this summer, he was training me to learn how to do 12 rings. So you've set nine Guinness world records, which is amazing. Uh, and I'm curious though that you, you know, I know you just completed the last one this year. Why is it important to do those records? What mo is that part of the motivation? Like how important, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about some, some people who've only, you know, less people than who've been on the moon. Is it, what is it about setting those records that, that, you know, drives you? Uh, it's, it's a good marketing tool. So, I mean, like, the, so for promotion, nobody knows anything about juggling, but people are like, okay, if he has nine Guinness world records, he must be very good. But then there's so many categories within Guinness world records. So it's funny because there's some guys that have more world records, but are not as good of a juggler, not as good as a performer. And the same, say you do 12 rings, you're in the more elite group than juggling the most awarded roles on your chin kind of records. But like so there's actually a hierarchy in your mind in terms, because the record doesn't necessarily mean how talented you are, it just means that you've gotten that record. Yeah, you got that record. And then also how, how the rules are defined for that record. But I think if you have a very solid package, and your world class, and then you have a couple credentials, a couple hooks, marketing-wise, mm -hmm. that people, organizers, and can explain how good it is. So then it's in line, and it's 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 great. Uh, so I I've juggled a very little bit, very poorly in my life, and and um, I'm. Do you think any anyone can learn to juggle? Yeah, I would say anybody can learn how to juggle at least five balls. But then five the balls. The, yeah, I would say like three balls with a good teacher. You can do it in half an hour to an hour. Like I can, I can teach people how to do four balls for just a little bit within a day. So if you compare that with most skills, like if anything you can do within a day, it's fun, but it's not super exciting. It's not something you're super proud of. And then I'll give with, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, with five balls, 
like now with Albert, we're developing all the training methods because it's funny. Like, for example, in tennis, you have all those different tennis records and you look at your body shape and all this stuff. Obviously, this is the right record for your type of play. We're juggling. It's the same ball. Like, or like they don't go, this is the size of your hands. This is how strong you are. Okay, we, we advise this kind of weight, this and this size. It's just the same. It's like, okay, these balls were great. What color do you like? And that's the that's basically the number one question in the juggling store. So it's hard because then it looks like a toy and it doesn't look like a piece of sport equipment. So then the level becomes pretty stagnant because, yeah, nobody really has looked at what's the optimal way to teach as well. How is people's brain wired? And so that's why I think with everybody can learn how to do five balls, but it's up to us to create better turning methods to get everybody there. Uh, you're talking about learning something within a day. I had a recent experience with my 12 year old son, Ethan, who we were down on a beach and he, he signed up to do a surf lesson. And I'm like, you know, how much can you learn in a day? You know, and he actually got up on the board and, and was, and I was stunned. And I think, again, the teacher really understood what the fundamentals were and, and had the right board and all that, you know, to enable someone to be able to learn yeah. that quickly. And the same like flight school is like it's about 70 hours you can fly a plane <laughs> and it's like a bit juggling you go how long does it take nobody knows and then because nobody has documented it but like i think if you document it's probably whatever like 40 hours or so 50 hours and you can juggle five balls how 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 many hours do you actually practice juggling um right now it's it fluctuates because right now i'm on my way to another like a fair engagement Mm-hmm. so then it's just driving and so this week it's kind of it's kind of gone but, but like normally on, higher, on a normal on a normal week how many hours are you putting in uh when i go into the chunks with extra training then i uh do like maybe half an hour of weight training in the morning and then we go to the go to the gym but actually it's funny because sometimes a really good workout can be 20 minutes but sometimes it's like two and a half hours it just depends what kind of steps are you going through does the system work like if your brain like for example, if you're balancing, you feel balances off. It takes a while to get that feeling. In clicks, and you can get the progress that you want out of the workout in like 20 minutes. But sometimes it takes a while to get to that point, and then it can take a couple hours. So, like usually, yeah, in the morning, uh, some weight training, then a workout in the gym. And then running is very good for juggling as well. And um, so if you do a 30 minute run, so if it's those three elements, that would be the typical ideal training day. When I asked you about your, your, how much do you practice? My mind went, and I think most people think of juggling practice, like that you're just practicing the actual art of the juggling. Whereas like sports, it's not just the, like any sport, it's not just that activity, but it's the training to get your body fit and to all those other things and conditioning that I don't think many people think about when they think about the art of juggling. Um, Cause I think- Yeah, know, that's, the, that's the higher end level juggling. So that's more like a matter of being fit. And uh, because your subconscious brain has to make all the calculations. Like if you have 10 or 12 objects in the air, it's impossible to actively spot the location. So that's why too, sometimes your training session, sometimes your arms are shot. And very often it's your brain was tired from making all the calculations. Like it's, yeah, uh, I guess, so I guess that's, the, it's, it's fine. There's a physical and mental piece. Yeah. With that, some professor was like studied it. He said like the same 
brain activity for juggler does 10 rings, they only have seen the same brain activity with a fighter pilot or somebody in the, in an, um, you know, like landing on the airplanes, like they had air traffic control. Uh, yeah, which they say is one of the most stressful jobs you can have. Um, what's your favorite part about being a, a professional juggler? Um, well, there, there's many. Like fun, one is like uh, the performing aspect, of course. It's like uh, putting on a great show. And so that's fun that you actually see the impact of your work in a direct way. The other thing what I equally like is that there, or like more like even, is that there's so many different elements to it. So most people think professional juggler, it's about performing, which is for most people, the majority of it. But also I have my product line of juggling equipment. So then it's kind of cool. Like if I want to produce a new prop, I can. Or, and also the diversity, like then I go, okay, I would like to go to whatever this country. Then I'll start looking for festivals. And then I kind of book myself there. So that's another. And then also the style, like as, a, as an artist, you could go, okay, I like this style more. I want to do, you know, more comedy-based shows. I want to do more technical juggling. I want to do, you know, more teaching. And then there's so many different levels to it. I, I was watching a video of you um, juggling swords. And um, I'm always curious about when someone decides to do something that at least ostensibly looks dangerous, you know, how do you start learning to juggle swords? Because if you, I assume if you make a mistake, you could cut yourself. Like, uh, Well, yeah, it's just like you learn how to do the balls first and then the, the juggling clubs. And then you work your way up. And then too, with- I shouldn't start with, with swords. You don't recommend that. Uh, I wouldn't do so. And it's, I'm afraid it's like, it's a, it's stage prop too. Saying like a magician cuts somebody in half. They don't really cut somebody in half. Um, you get nine world records you've set um, by most. And, you know, being in, in the juggling museum of history would say that you know, you're very successful traveling all over the world. How does Niels define success? I think the success is if you get to do the things that you want to do. Because that's too, some CEOs of companies, they're so quote unquote successful and then they kill themselves because they're unhappy. I go, okay. And then some other guys like you go, okay. He's unaccomplished in the eyes of many, but he's so happy doing it. I think if you are in line with what you want to do, that's the most successful thing. I love that. And I often say, you know, there's, there's a, a quote, which is, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Kind of, you know, that's stretching yeah. it. But again, you know, um, I, I love that. And I try and, you know, I think hard time is to figure out what it is you want to do and what yeah. you love. You know, that's, that's the challenge. I always think um, like, if you love what you do, you're so excited to work every single minute, but you're kind of happy to do it. My, my dad, who was a judge for 30 plus years and my grandfather, I was, you know, you got to want to get up and go to work every day. You know, it's, you spend yeah. so much time working that if you don't like it, it's, it's, you know, life's not going to be, not going to be enjoyable. It's so, it's so funny or sad that most people uh, connect work with unpleasant mm -hmm. and you go, okay, right. I'm like, if I want to do a show, I'm still working. But yeah, and I, and I think again, doesn't uh, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. I think there's, you know, that, that there's a, a perception that it has to be easy to enjoy it, and that's not true for lots of people. You know, it can be hard, but you love the process, you love the impact, and all the things that come along with putting the work 
And I think in some ways, when you work really hard and then you see the, you know, the fruits of that labor, that's the part that's really fulfilling and really, you know, you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, it's, it's funny too when you do a show. So people go, oh, you're just goofing around. You're just like not working. And you go, no, I prepared, but I'm also having fun. And also, if you, that's too, if a client doesn't take it serious, oh, you're just like goofing around. And you go, okay, I don't really want to work for you. Right. Because it's still work. But it, for me, you know, I found something work wise that I can enjoy. And I'm sorry that for you, it's always linked with an unpleasant experience. Yeah. And, and one of the things a lot of people have kind of stereotype image of the juggler. And again, I think it goes to saying they don't take themselves very seriously. They, you know, they're kind of goofing around, you know, they're usually, you know, riding a unicycle in a circus tent. Um, how important is it to you to try and uh, establish a different uh, kind of paradigm for what jugglers can be? Um, well, I think I want to be taken seriously. So, and then it's just like you show you, the work ethic and you show what it can be. So it's like, I'm not going to change, or I'm going to, with most people, what they've seen at kids' birthday parties and, right. and all stuff. And it's, and they think that's a juggling. Well, if you think it's like, it's mostly a performer, it's a comedian, it's a clown, and only part of it is juggling. They just don't know right. what it can be. So it's like, but then it's just the juggling community has not done a proper job. And on a big scale to show the full extent of what, what juggling can be. So it's like, I'm just, you know, with Albert Lucas and with the International Sport Juggling Federation, we're just, you know, gonna show the world the other elements to it because now they think, okay, kids' birthday party, circus, but they don't know, like, it, like when you juggle five balls, that's where real the brain activity kicks in. It's such a good training method for, for other things, for example, for, for pilots, for people, you know, to increase your brain capacity it's it's so good to so, say you know like if you have rubber bands it's just a workout for something else right now mm -hmm. people just don't know that it is good so we're like on the lower stages of of that being as a training method for for other things but it's especially now with everybody has to work at the house like you can juggle indoors it's still mm -hmm. good get some oxygen in your blood it gets your brain going another way which is fantastic for brainstorming and you just you just feel better but it's like it's a small indoor workout that you can do and people don't know about it so because yeah they just they've never seen it because i'm curious you you're teaching others you're educating you're performing what inspires you i think uh seeing stuff that is possible but it's never been done before and then making it happen i love that uh if you could go back in time and give your 21 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, 21, I was in Japan. It was my first international gig. Uh, out, yeah, outside of the country, I was there three months doing my show at the, the largest theme park there. So I was like so excited because I felt like, oh, I'm in the beginning of this journey because yeah, I was like, about to wrap up college. So I was like, actually the feeling that I felt there I was like, just, just trust that feeling. Just, just go with that. What's, what do you think is the next trend that's going to happen in the world of juggling? Um, I think it's going to be seen more as a, you know, as a training tool for, for other stuff and just gets a little bit out of the, the stigma of the performer. It's funny, like the hobbyist is the, 
the major share of jugglers out there, mm -hmm. but the performers get most of the attention. And I think at one point that's going to flip and it's just going to same like soccer. Like, I mean, we know all the famous soccer players, but most people, more people do it for fun and they enjoy it as a thing. And what's next for Niles? Uh, first, I need to go to this fair and just do some killer shows. <laughs> and then I, then I go home and then I need to finish my training program to uh, to the 12 rings. Is that is that the next thing you're trying to accomplish? Is uh, yeah, that's a big thing. Plus, there's, I think that's so deep into the system. Like every mishap in your technique, training methods, and everything will show up. Like you cannot do that by faking it through. So you really have to be the real deal. So I wanna, and Albert, he has done it, and he has taught some other people to do it. So if I go so deep in the system, then I understand it because I've been through it, and then mm -hmm. I know. I think every nuance or close to every nuance on how to teach juggling. And then knowing that system, we can scale it down to like the lower tier, like five mm -hmm. balls and spread all that, uh, you know, rapid success to, to the community. Is the rings uh, on your list of next world records to try and um, hit? Actually, Albert did 14 and Wired Magazine did an article of research, like the, the, the hand speed necessary and all the stuff. So they thought that 15 would be the maximum that human capacity, but Albert closed, closed it at 16, but he dropped, he dropped one, but he had the hand speed, but like, that would be hard because then you're kind of like fighting that uh, human potential. Well, you did say that you want to see what's possible and then make it happen. So I'm, I'm sure you'll find yeah, another think... record to break. I think like I will that yeah diverted and just sharing that that experience with other people so they can put in there, and then probably too I'm 36 now. Then if somebody that is whatever 20 21, um, yeah push it. But if you can get inspired that guy to do it, then it would be cool to see somebody do 14 or 16 again. Love it, uh, Niels. And I mispronounced your name earlier. I apologize. Um, this is a section where we do nine rapid fire questions. So just kind of, you know, first thing that comes to your mind. So if they were making a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Uh, I want to do it. Love it. And probably, you know, at least the stump part because no one could do all the juggling. Yeah. Um, should stories always have happy endings? Uh, no. Do you have a favorite emoji? Uh, I think the smiley face. Is there a juggling emoji? We should, if there isn't, we should, there one Yeah, but they have, it seems kind of cheesy. <laughs> we'll redo it. Uh, can you name one of your favorite songs? Uh, I think it's just some loops from Martin Garrix. Can you tell me your favorite social media platform? Uh, I think right now it's Facebook. And can you name a book that left a lasting impression on you? Uh, 48 Laws of Power. Can you name one of your favorite movies? Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Love that movie. Um, what's one thing you can't live without? Oxygen. Very literal there. I mean. um, if you could be credited with inventing something, what would it be? Uh, I don't think not right now. I, I mean, like created some stuff, but not like invented something. Uh, I want to thank you. Um, so much for your time and, and sharing. This is awesome. And 
and I encourage people to go and watch on YouTube. Uh, is there anything specific you're promoting at the month? You know, you've been really kind with your time. Is there anything you want to share uh, about where people can go and find out more about you? Uh, maybe go to YouTube and click on learn how to juggle and my video will pop up pretty high. And uh, it's so much fun. And uh, I think you will enjoy it too and get some benefits from it. And if you have a question about how to do it, then shoot me an email. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for your time, for helping us, and in particular for helping us connect the dots. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. Please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could also do me a favor and please leave a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. Remember, story matters and is the best way to connect the dots.